So tonight we're kicking off this series entitled My Story So Far. There's two things that we really want you guys to walk away with throughout this month. And that's number one, you have a story. You really do. And your story is important. Your story matters, amen? God is writing a story with your life. If, if, if you've handed the pen of your life over to him, which is the best thing that you could do, because I can tell you that you could never write a story with your own life as good as what God could write with your life. I promise you that right now. But if you, if you have handed the pen of your life over to God, you, are, you know already, you are living an adventure. But man, you, you have a story and your story matters. And so throughout all of this, one of the things that we really want to accomplish is that you would begin to share your story. And so often what happens is, is that at your age, you think, well, um, here's the problem is I'm only 13 or I'm only 14. I'm only 16. I'm only 17. And so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my story like later on when there's a bit more chapters to the story. And can I just tell you that that, that is like robbing the world of such treasure. Don't wait to tell your story. Don't wait to share the things that God has done and God is doing in your life. And so throughout this series, as just a way to help you to understand that it's not like, let's wait until 25, 26, 27 to share our stories, as a way to help you understand that you can share your story now, throughout this series, we're gonna be having different people share their stories. And tonight we have two phenomenal young men of God who are gonna be sharing their stories all throughout this series. All throughout this series, man, we're going to have a bunch of awesome people sharing their stories, a bunch of people who are going to come up and just share with you what God has done, is doing, and they expect him to do in their lives, and it's going to be phenomenal. So I promise you this, we're, we're about to bring up the first dude that's going to share their story tonight, but first, you just got to bust out, bust out your notepads, your journals, diaries for the ladies, even though there's no difference between a journal and a diary. Bust them out, get them ready. If you don't have one, bust open the notes app. You're gonna wanna write some stuff down. I promise you that. It's gonna be a phenomenal, phenomenal night. Some stuff that you are really gonna wanna take home with you. So without further ado, would you right now stand to your feet, would you put your hands together, would you make some noise for Sam Elardo? My name is Samuel Grayson Elardo. Um, thank you. How is everybody tonight? Um, I just want to mention one thing. Pastor Corey, when he was praying and he mentioned the car accident thing, it just brought to mind um, 
August 3rd was my first year anniversary of a major car accident I was in. Um, I was with my really good friend, Nicole, and the car lost control, spun 180 degrees in the other lane. It's like 10 o'clock at night. We caught the lip of the ditch, and then we rolled and flipped four times, and we went like 50, 75 yards. And the first thing I did was pray. Sorry, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I prayed. I just said, God, keep us safe. Keep us safe. Every roll, God, keep us safe. The car was completely totaled. There was one way out of the car. The door was completely unscathed, not a scratch on it. Window was fully intact. None of us were hurt. The worst thing I had was a gash in my head, and that was it. My friend, she was, man, it was amazing. Can I just get an amen, brother? Can I get an amen, brother? But uh, anyway, so I'll give a little uh, bit about myself real quick before I dive into my part of my story, I should say, beginning of my story. Um, some of my hobbies are, um, I love World War II. I'm a huge plane fanatic. I love building model airplanes. Um, my favorite plane, couldn't tell you, I love them all. Um, I love music, oh my gosh. Actually, Rolling Stones, it's amazing. Uh, my first song, first rock song I learned on the drums was actually Gimme Shelter. Super proud of it, um, it was really, it's a blast. I'm still out of breath. I don't know why. Um, that's uh, pretty much it. Um, I'm going to say just a quick prayer to, to get us started. Um, everybody could bow your heads, please. Uh, dear God, I just want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story. And please just speak through me and give me words of wisdom to share to just everybody here. If anybody's going through any fear or doubt and they're struggling or hearing voices in their head that is telling them any negative thoughts, let them know that it's not of you. And uh, just, I thank you so much for everybody in this room. Everybody's in this room for a reason. And I just want to ask you, God, please, bring the Red Hot Chili Peppers into your kingdom, God. They need to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if Pastor Corey can talk about the Raiders, I can talk about my chili peppers. Anyways, so basically, um, I was born September 8th, 1999 in Frederick, Maryland, Frederick Memorial Hospital. Six months, was that my mom? Hello, Mom. I love you. Um, when, uh, when I was six months old, we moved. Uh, actually, it was on my, my six-month birthday. Uh, we moved to San Ramon up in Northern California, and then we moved to Livermore, which where I lived there for about uh, 10 years, something like that. And then on December 2nd, 2010, we moved to Missouri. And this is where it all starts. Yes. So I started school. So right after Christmas, um, I picked up drumming. Uh, I know it was a, it was a God-sent gift because I just kind of fell into it. That's, that's one of the greatest things that God does. I mean, you don't have to, like, pursue his gifts for you. He just kind of lays it out, and he puts people in your life to direct you towards that. It's, it was crazy. And um, I immediately started teaching myself how to play the drums. Um, I got, like, really excited because I learned this sick groove, like, the first day I got it. It was really fun. Um, had some really good friends and uh, it was great. It was a it, it was a good time and and then after about a year, um, you know, you start getting those thoughts in your head like, oh, this isn't for me. This is this. this I don't truly have a gift for this. This isn't me. This, this is like the beginning of those thoughts. And they would come here and now. I'd get this kind of weird feeling towards it. And first off, I just want to say that's not of God. Anything that's not loving, peaceful, supportive or boosts you or the kingdom of God, that is straight from the enemy. So that's a key sign. If you hear, or if you hear something or anything 
that uh, makes you feel negative in any way, confused or doubtful, just bust out your Bible, doesn't matter where you're reading, just anything, and just start speaking the name and reading it out loud. It just You'd be surprised, and I'm telling you, you guys got to do it. Like, I had doubts, and psh, I ain't no doubt no more. Anyways, so... Uh, oops, sorry. So basically then I just had, uh, when I first uh, moved and I started school, I just had basic fears, you know. What if that cute girl doesn't like me? Or what if I don't get a group of friends? Ah, but, you know, the reality is, you know, God provides all that. And <laughs> you really don't need to worry about that because you can't direct your focus on those things. And then it takes away your focus from, you know, the man, the, the, the God, the God that created you. It's nuts, you know what I'm saying? Um, so that was basically what it is. And uh, actually my, my drumming got... You know, it started picking up and it started getting good and I, I started getting excited about it, but band class for me wasn't going too hot. Um, we would have, you know, those little tiny tests, you know, like play the, uh, the F scale on the xylophone or some guac like that. It was, it was stupid and shout out to these guys. And, uh, and I would get extremely anxious and scared and to the point where I actually dropped out of band class um, halfway through eighth grade and I just pursued drumming on my own. So. Yes, I have learned drumming without a teacher. No one's taught me. It's just hours sitting alone, which, guys, you can easily do, by the way. Being self-taught is incredible, and it's so much fun. Um, so I'm going to get into my first major fear. A lot of these fears that started um, around, I'd say, the, the summer after 10th grade, which was uh, just two years ago. By the way, I graduated. Um, yeah, I just, thank you. Um, that was a whole another story of itself. I only went to senior year for four months because we moved and woo! God is good, God is great. Let's go eat some ice cream cake. Anyways, so um, we, we visit Maryland every summer because uh, we have family out there. And I just got this crazy fear that I was gonna get eaten by a shark. And this is, I'm not, yeah, it's funny, but it wasn't because I thought I was gonna die. I accepted death because I thought it was from God. Now I'm gonna tell you, God does not tell you you're going to die. He's not going to be like, hey, yo, I'm going to make you super scared because you're going to die in the next week. It doesn't work like that, okay? And I would stay up like night after night and just be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to die. So then I literally just gave it up to God. Like, if this, if this is your will, you know, then let it happen. And thank God nothing happened and I got to enjoy myself. But um, fast forward to... Uh, Last, I don't know, Rachel, help me out. It was uh, last summer, actually. We, um, we began our move, and we sold our house in September. What is that? Oh, sorry, I'm new at this. Um, we, we moved, uh, well, to, to Temecula. We sold our house in Missouri. And we stayed, went to Maryland for about two months um, to stay with family while we looked for a house out here. It's these things. I knew it. Okay. Hello? Okay, we're good. So then we were there, um, and we left Missouri. It was in our past now, and now we're chilling in Maryland. And I started getting these, these really gnarly thoughts, like, you really do not like drumming. This is not for you. Like, to the point where, like, I want an electronic drum set for my birthday. But I was so confused, like, do I really want it? No, no, there's gotta be something else. And 
so I did get it, and I'm super happy I did, because now I put it with my acoustic kit, and it's really cool, actually. Um, but that's the, yeah, and I kept having these thoughts, and, and I would stay up late at night, and I, I was full of confusion and doubt, and, and just, it was a whirlwind of emotions, and it, it was really, really bad. I, I don't have words to describe it to you guys, but um, then we moved to Temecula, which, that's a whole other story again. That was a whole God thing, like, woo! It was, God is good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my mom knows what it's talking about. Like, we were put here for a reason, in this church for a reason, and it's, it's nuts. And see, I always wanted, I never had this, these guys. I never had them, like, church best friends who I could call family and pray with and just love God with. And, and I, I finally got them. Um, and, like, if anybody wants that, talk to us. We'll hang out with you. We'll love on you. Like, whatever you, like, we love you. Like, it's, you don't understand. Like, we will give you a high five and make you cookies. My sister makes really good pie. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, like apple and uh, some other stuff is not, not important. Um, so then um, I started giving, getting these, uh, I started getting really bad, these, uh, these lies from the enemy, and I started getting uh, these being told I was going to die. Um, I accepted that I would be dead by January. I was being told I would get cancer, um, brain tumors, uh, uh, my kidneys were going to fail me, and my livers were going to fail me. And I completely accepted it. And I, I didn't have any friends or anything yet. I didn't start going to the bridge till um, uh, the Christmas program. And it, I, it was just like really bad. And I started like planning what I was going to do. I was going to fly back to Missouri and tell my friends you know, I'm dying, and I just want to, you know, hang out with you guys before I die, and I accepted this, and I told God, you know, if it's your will, let it happen, and it, just, I'm going to tell you guys, those thoughts, they're, they're not from God, I don't know any other way to say it, it's, if you have any of those thoughts, you need to talk to a leader, because they're complete lies, and see, I fell for these lies, I've been fearful my whole life, it was literally just until camp, which, oh my gosh, I'm about to get in that story, it was walking, woo! It was incredible. Um, but yeah, so then it got, uh, I didn't die. Um, I'm here, hello. Uh, January came and stuff in February. And, and then I got, my music got extremely attacked. And um, just being told you should stop drumming in my head. By the way, I had super support of everybody. Everybody supported me. It was just the enemy attacking me. And it was just me and me. Uh, me against me, really. And it just got really bad one day and I decided to call it a quits. I, I committed musical suicide. It was, I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, all these negative thoughts, I couldn't take all the sleepless nights. I would sit in my bed crying to God, like, what do you want from me? What, why do I have these? And I would get no answer. Um, and I kept hearing this, I thought it was God. It kept shouting at me, telling me to quit drums. And I even told my mom, like, mom, I think God's like, he really wants me to quit drums. He's yelling at me. And then Laura actually approached me. I didn't even tell her this. I mean, I didn't tell her that I, I was being screamed at. And this was back in, like, February or whatever. She told me that, you know, sometimes the enemy will yell at you and tell you um, certain things to believe it. And she's like, know that that's not from God. If you feel like someone's yelling at you and you're in, or you feel like uh, you have this strong sense of, oh, I should just end it, and you're super confused and delirious, I'm going to say it again. That is not from God, okay? Can I get an Amen. Yeah, that wasn't as good as when Pastor Corey does it, but, you know. Um, 
So I was basically just hanging on by a thread with drumming. I did end up quitting on February 14th, um, and basically right when I quit, a bunch of opportunities popped up, and God was like, you're not quitting. Um, and so I picked it back up, and I'm like, God, you know, I'm just going to try and keep going as much as I can. I'm sorry if I keep going like this, you know. Um, shoot, I'm running out of time, baby. Okay, so I kept going, and basically a lot of that, oh, should I quit, should I not? I was basically hanging on by a thread. Um, and then the weekend before camp, actually uh, last, whatever, the weekend before camp, um, I started praying, you know, God, I just want healing with drums. I just want to enjoy it. If you don't want me to pursue it, I'm, I, just, I just want to have fun with it. And, you know, all my friends are extremely musically talented. You know, you gave me this gift. Let me enjoy it. And I started getting attacked every night with fear to the point of, uh, it was a Saturday night before camp, and I just got extremely fearful. And I didn't know what to do. This, this, I've never known how to handle these situations because uh, no one ever told me how to handle it. Um, and I just, I, the only thing I knew was, you know, play worship music. And so I was just playing worship music and, you know, having a scary, bald, awesome time trying to. And uh, I ended up going to the bathroom, coming back. The fear came back even more. So then I just, I prayed with my mom and I made her sleep with me in the loft, you know, because I'm a baby. But by the way, like, you gotta rely on your parents. Like, if anybody's like, no, nah, dude, I'm a big old ball of man. I don't need no parents. Like, haha, yeah, joke's on you. Good luck getting through life, you babies. Um, can I get an eight? No, okay, don't amen that. But, um, so I got, I got attacked. The enemy no, uh, heard me crying out loud to God that I wanted healing, and he's like, no, no, no. But I was like, no, no, no. Fast forward to camp. Um, Actually, the healing started Tuesday. Laura and Caleb, who's about to come up here and give a bomb message, uh, they prayed over me. And then, oh shoot, I'm running low. Uh, fast forward to then, a little bit fast forward. Thursday morning, I woke up, uh, and I knew God woke me up because right when I woke up, I heard, it was 3.30 in the morning, I heard JJ in Pastor Corey's room, which was across our bunkhouse, or our bunk room. He said, oh yeah, when I was little, my mom did stuff, did something about fear, blah, blah, blah. And so someone was telling me, you know, get up and join that conversation. And so I got up and I went in and I literally walked in and I was like, hey, JJ, say that one more time. And then nothing happened. And so I was like, okay. And I walked away and he's like, yo, put that cute button reverse. And I put it in, re put it in reverse, Terry. And I was like, what? I'm pretty sure you said that word for word, JJ, but correct me if I'm wrong. And so then I, I stood there and I joined the conversation. Uh, the conversation is none of your guys' business. It was mostly just about spirit realm and private stuff. And uh, next day, um, I was walking back. Oh, it's the same day. It was just noon. And I was walking back from lunch with Amber and Isaiah. And Amber White and Josie and Sky were sitting and um, just talking. And I sat down next to him and tied my shoe. And I was like, hey, can I join the conversation? They're like, yeah, sure. We're not really talking about anything important. I was like, oh, cool. And so then I started talking with them. And then I said, oh, yeah, I had a really good discussion with your, uh, with your husband, Amber, and, and I, we talked a little bit about what we're doing, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this conversation is probably just for Amber because she wasn't too, Amber Creighton, because she wasn't too familiar with this. And something, right when I said that, something clicked in my head like, no, that's not what the conversation is about. Just wait. And then, like, literally five minutes later, like, it all just directed towards me, and I started talking about my fear. Yeah, she's laughing. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you, by the way. And... And my fears just kind of came out, and I started crying and, like, all this stuff. And I, because I, I really, and I told them that a period of my life when I, that whole musical suicide period of my life, I felt like God wasn't proud of me or he was, he was disappointed in me. And, see, I, I'm, my parents love me, and they're proud of me, and I, I know that and everything. But 
it was God who I really cared about, and I wanted to do what he wanted me to do, but it was so hard for me to let go, and I know that God doesn't want me to quit drumming. He wants me for success with that, and I know I will be. I've been told this since a young age, but the enemy just, like, just finds every little loophole to distract you from God's plan, and I don't have much time, so I'm just going to leave it at that. So anyways, then Josie and them, they're like, okay, we're going to pray for you. And they prayed for me, and it was amazing. And I was like, but what if it comes back? And Josie's like, nah, man, they gone. They aren't coming back. And I was like, I was like, whoa. So get this, get this. Later on that night, they played No Longer Slaves. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. I was crying and bawling. And I, and I felt a difference. I felt that that burden of fear was just gone. My whole, you guys don't you guys don't understand. My whole life, I have been fearful of so many things. I had a fear of loud noises, and I am a drummer. Like, I couldn't be in the same room as a balloon. Gosh. Anyway, so thank you, Jesus. And, and so then that night, we had another emotional thing, and I was healed of other things. It was Thursday nights are incredible at camp. You guys, if you haven't been to camp, you've got to go next year. Start saving now. You can make it. Um, oh, man, I got one more story. Uh, Saturday morning uh, after camp, um, someone was telling me you should drum. I felt weird and I was kind of cautious about drumming, um, but then a beat came to mind and it was just some like funky, you know, samba beat and I wanted to try it out. Uh, so I went upstairs, I timidly played it and stuff. And then I went to the bathroom, came back and it was like, dude, just do your thing, Sam, just jam out. And I was like, you know, doing my thing. And it got good. And I'm going to tell you, I played, the, I ended my, my practice, I think it was like two hours or so. I ended my practice with no longer slaves and tremble. And this was the first, this was the first time I have drummed without any voices in my head telling me I'm worthless, I'm nothing. Dude, it was awesome. It was incredible. Like, you guys don't understand what literally just three leaders praying over you could heal your entire life. Oh, so I got down on my hands and knees and I was crying and I was thanking God because I can enjoy it now. There's nothing holding me back. I got a minute and 25 to give you guys some notes. Okay, so key points. Part of my life was idolizing drums. I really idolized drums a lot. And um, oh yeah, by the way, that Saturday morning, Laura had been praying for me. Thank you so much. Uh, I. Thank you, leaders, for any prayers you guys have been doing to me. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for all the support. Mom, I love you so much. Rachel, you're cool, too. Um, that's my sister, by the way. Okay, so guys, remember this. Um, idolizing material objects, that gives a foothold for the enemy. That's a complete foothold for the enemy. And uh, write this down. Tweet this. Instagram this. Put this on your IMS. I don't do, know what you got kids to do these days. Okay, don't have material affairs have spiritual cares. Don't be cheating. Don't be cheating on some glass of co cup of coffee when you should be focusing on God. Don't be taking pictures of drinking your coffee and reading the Bible and focusing on how many likes you get because that's your, that's your Instagram post. And focus on really what you're there for, and that's devotions, worshiping God. So remember that. Don't be cheating on some worldly thing on God because God don't like that. Um, thank you. Who was that? Thank you. Um, I got eight seconds. Um, okay, I'm almost done, guys. And then I'll give you some verses to finish this off. If you're in a... <laughs> Thank you. Seriously, I need to finish. Um, if, you, uh, if you're in a relationship, whether it's 
a person or an object, um, and don't think that's weird. Like I had a relationship with my drums. It's I love drumming. That is, you can have a relationship with an instrument. If anything, I know that sounds weird, but it's not weird. Trust me. Um, the moment you focus more on that and that distracts you from God, you should be able to write or uh, light a metaphorical match on it and just get rid of it. Because if God truly wants you with that thing, you will go right. He, God will put you back with it. He just wants you to refocus you on God, on Him. Um, thank you, Mom. I heard that. Um, but don't actually light the thing or your boyfriend or girlfriend on fire. That's it's frowned upon. And um, to back that up, I'll just do Genesis 22:12. Um, Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac because you know God told him to, and he had so much fear of God. That's the thing. You guys got to understand. You should have a healthy fear of God. Um, and not put a materialistic thing in front of him. And right when he's about to sacrifice his son, um, an angel said, "Now I know you fear God because you have not withheld your, your ooh, you have not withheld from me your son, your only son." He unbound his son, and guess what was waiting for him in a bush, a ram. God provided. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, I'll give you guys some verses real quick, and I'll finish this up. Second Timothy one seven. Oh, you know what that means. Um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. So remember, 2 Timothy, oh, hello, it's up there. Um, then Luke chapter 10, uh, ver- I don't know what you said, I'm going to keep going, 19 through 20. Look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Um, Luke chapter 10 verse 19 through 20 now I came all the way from that neighborhood across Merida Hot Springs to tell you that God is not a God of fear anxiety, doubt hatred, self-hatred self-doubt you know what he is a God of? Uh, love, prosperity peace, joy, happiness God wants what's best for you. You just have to let him. I'm going to repeat this because you guys need to learn this. You have a pen. You have a book. Don't be writing that book with your own pen. Throw that pen up. Be like, yo, God, take this pen. And then throw the journal up too and have him write your life. Because if you write it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to end up jumping off a cliff and everybody's going to forget about you. Okay, so, sorry, Caleb, I butted into your time, but um, I just want to say thank you guys so much. Uh, it was... Thank you so much for listening to my story. It's actually just a chapter of my story, and uh, I just started a new chapter of peace and joy. And... And you know what I'm going to do? God called me to the entertainment business, and I'm going to save Scarlett Johansson. I'm telling you right now. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Scarlett Johansson, we going to be jamming in heaven, you know what I'm saying? So this is not my full story, and guys, you got to know, you each have a story, and it is incredible. Anybody tells you it's not mentally don't actually punch them in the face, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So I'm just going to close this out, um, and you guys are going to hear some, some good stuff from Caleb.
Um, so if everybody could bow your heads, th thank you. Um, if everybody could bow your heads, please. <laughs> Dear Lord, I thank you so much for having this wonderful opportunity to speak hope and life into these um, adults, young adults, just everybody in this room, God. You know, this is all for you. Um, I couldn't imagine it any other way. And even though in my mind, before I was delivered, I, I couldn't imagine a world of peace and, and love from you, God. I, I struggled so much. But just one simple five-minute prayer with just, just three leaders has delivered me. And I, I, I completely realized the truth. And I just pray that everybody, anybody who's dealing with fear or, or anything along those lines, that they will realize and see it from your perspective, God, and that it's not from you and that it's from the enemy. And if anybody, just put it in their hearts, if anybody out here has those those negative emotions, or they feel helpless or lost, that they will come to me or another leader, and we will pray for you and help you. Amen. Man, hey, can you guys give it up for Sam one time? Hey. Do you, do you remember the beat? Do you remember the beat that God gave you on Saturday morning? Like four bars. Legitimately four bars. Can you play it? Can we... Can, can you get the drum mix? Can you get the drum mix on? Are there drumsticks in there, Laura? Is this, are the snares tightened? Cool. Snares are on. What? Are there, there's sticks on the, on the kit. Is the drum mix on? Like four bars, legitimately four bars, Sam, get it. That sounded, that sounded kind of like uh, Drake's one dance to me. Just uh, the, the put that over Drake's one dance into a YouTube cover. We'll all watch it. Hey, one more time. Can you give it up for Sam Alardo sharing his story tonight? Man, one of the things... One of the things that I just think absolutely deserve repeating there that he talked about was how, was how you, when it comes to material possessions, don't have, don't have material affairs, instead have spiritual cares. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Do not worship the gift, worship the giver. Like God is the one who gave, gave Sam the ability to play drums. He needs to always be more in love with God than he is with the drums. And can I just tell you tonight that if you are in this room and you are dealing with fear, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, anything like that, can I just tell you that, that this is a safe place to talk about that stuff. You can come to one of us leaders. You can talk to us. We can help you. We can walk through this thing with you. If you are dealing with fear, if you are dealing with stuff in the back of your mind, like, like Sam was talking about, where you feel worthless, that is not the, that is not God. I'm just going to tell you, that is not God. So you just tell the devil, no, not today. <laughs> hey, Matt, I am so excited for this next guy who's going to come up here and chat. He's going to share his story with you. He's got a phenomenal, phenomenal story. We are not done yet. We're going to do a little bit of something at the end of tonight. But man, again, keep those notebooks out. Keep your journals out. Keep that notes out open. Get ready for some serious fuego. White people, that means fire in Spanish. It's going to be good. It's going to be solid. It's going to be God's word. Would you stand to your feet and welcome to the stage with me, Caleb Tamiz! Hey, 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 what's up? you guys what's up, Get up boy. one second 
Can we give it up for Sam one more time for that good message? Yeah, Sam. That was good. That was good. All right, so you guys can sit down. I'm not that great. I can, I'm not that great. Um, anyways, if you don't know me, my name is Caleb Tamez, and if you don't know me, come say what's up to me after service. I love to meet new people. Um, that's just kind of who I am. Anyways, um, I'm so happy I'm here, and I want to thank you guys for listening to my story. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, when I was born. I was born in 1999, October 4th, 1999. I was born here in California, born and raised. Uh, I think there's a picture. Is there a baby picture? I, I think there is. Um, if there's not, whatever, I actually had planned to give you guys, like, a picture of, like, a super embarrassing, like, baby picture. But, like, I couldn't find it, thankfully. Actually, I couldn't find it, so. Um, anyways, um, I've grown up in church. Uh, who else has grown up in church here? Anyone? Anyone? And if you haven't, it's totally fine. Anyways, um, I grew up in church. I uh, live in, I grew up and I currently live in Hemet, uh, California, so it's, like, 35 minutes from here. And uh, I went to a church out there for most of my life. Um, I have one sister. She's currently a senior at UC Riverside. Uh, she's three years older than me. And other than that, that's, that's the only sibling I have. Uh, when I was about three years old, my parents got divorced. And it was kind of hard because I always wanted to know what it was like to have a family that was together. And uh, I actually remember, it's kind of sad, but when, all the way up until I was like 10 years old, every birthday, when you like close your eyes and you make a wish, that wish would always be like, please, like, can my parents be together? Because I just wanted to know what it was like. Um, that was until I was about 10 years old. Um, but now that I think about it, I think it's kind of a good thing that didn't happen because I don't know if they could be, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Anyways, uh, let me just say, if you come from a divorced family, uh, I know what it's like. I get you. I understand the difficult, the heartbreak. But God loves you. There's a reason for that. And all things together work for our goodness, glory. Amen? All right. So, uh, like I said, when I was three years old, I got divorced, and uh, my dad actually moved, I remember, he moved like two doors down from my house into his neighbor's house, which is his friend. So it was kind of cool because our uh, time was split 50-50, so it was really close and it was kind of nice. Um, all right. Uh, when I was probably about 10 years old, uh, my dad decided to remarry, and I remember telling him one day on my way to school, I was like, Dad, like, I really don't, I really don't like her, she's kind of mean to me, and... I think you should consider like not marrying her, I don't know. Uh, and instead of just being like, oh yeah, like let me think about that, um, he was more just like got defensive and was like, you know what, like you don't want me to be happy. Like kind of blame shifting. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. First off, I was 10 years old, I probably didn't say whoa, whoa, hold up. But um, uh, yeah, he kind of blame shifted and he was like, I'm probably gonna marry her anyway. And that's kind of how it went. Um, so that moves on to the next chapter of my life, the second chapter of life, when my dad got married. Everything kind of went downhill from here um, with my family. Uh, a few things came with this marriage. I got, gained a stepbrother. I gained a stepmother. Uh, I started getting stomach problems that was related with stress. That was really, really bad, but they, they couldn't figure out what it was, actually. And um, it came to a point where I really didn't want to go home because I was like, you know what, if I go home and my stepmom's in a bad mood, I know I'm going to get yelled at for some random reason, not even knowing why. Um, maybe it's not you, you have that feeling like, oh, I, I don't want to go home because I don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, I don't know, like, my parents are going to go off of me or they're going to get mad or anything. But if you have that feeling, just know that this is home. This is home for me. This can be home for you. Uh, we love you. We back you. And this is home. So just, just let you know. Um, I remember something happened between my stepmom and I. And uh, my stepmom wasn't allowed to see me anymore for a while. And... Um, 
It was kind of good, but it was kind of bad because I didn't get to see my dad as much. Like, he would pick me up after school every once in a while, like maybe twice a week, and we'd go like, to Carl's Jr. or something, I don't know, talk about our week and how everything's going. And um, that went on for a few months. Now, uh, a few months later, my dad was like, hey, I encourage you to like, forget what happened and come back home. So I did, and I went back home, and um, everything kind of just continued being the same from there, how it was earlier. And it was like that for probably another year. Um, and then about a year later, um, I remember one day when we were doing something and I needed to go to my mom's house. And I was like, you know what, Dad, I really need to go to my mom's house. I have a lot of stuff to do and I want to see my mom. And it came to a point where he got really mad and I don't even know why. And he was just like, Caleb, like, if you go to your mom's house, like, we don't want you to come back. And I was like, you know, he gets kind of mad sometimes. You know, it's kind of just like maybe saying without thinking. But my stepmom kind of put like a stamp of approval on that and she was like, Seriously, like if you go, like just don't come back. And um, I was like, well, I need to go, and I couldn't drive, so I was like, can you give me a ride? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I got a ride, and um, I remember going home, and I was just crying to my mom, and I was like, mom, like they, they don't want me back, they really don't want me back. She's like, no, it's probably alright, it's probably alright. Um, but let me tell you, that happened at the end of eighth grade, and I still haven't been back to my dad's house. Um, but. Yeah. So, have you ever felt like you, your own parents didn't want you? Um, because I, I know it's kind of I know what it's like to be uh, unwanted for my father. Um, but let me tell you that God wants me. God wants you. He wants you so much. He wants you so much. He has an unrelenting love and desire for you. And I promise you that that even though my father on earth may not want me, my father in heaven does. So, thank you. This was all during my eighth grade year, and like I said, I haven't been back since. Um, I remember freshman year, my mom was like, Caleb, we need to move churches because I have problems between my dad and, uh, my dad and I at the church we went to in Hemet. And I was so against that. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm content with what I have now. This is my family. I know everybody by their first and last name. I'm involved in my church. It, was not a big, it wasn't that big of a church, so it was kind of easy, actually. Um, but... After a few weeks of me and my mom going to different churches, um, we found this church, and well, here I am. Uh, so I'm actually really grateful for that because I grew so much since I came to this church. Um, I love you too. Anyways, uh, now I have a family and group of best friends that I would have never had if something wouldn't have happened. So that brings me back to God knows what you need more than you know what you need. God knows what you need more than you know what you need. Uh, which brings me back to my thought that God works all things together for our good. And uh, last year, they took away my mom's position at Riverside Community Hospital. Um, she was jobless. She didn't have a job for a while. And after, let me tell you, after a few months of prayer, she is currently in L.A. right now at a new job, which pays a lot more than the last one. So all things, to get, all things work together through God's good. So that brings me to my next chapter in life. Um, where my mom's in LA, I'm currently moving to LA. Um, I'm actually, I'm kidding, I'm moving to Temecula. I love you guys. Moving to Temecula. Uh, I'm actually moving in with Kenneth and Kevin, or Kevin's moving, I'm moving with Kenneth. We're gonna go to um, Palomar College together. And uh, I felt like it was something I should do to stay here even though I, uh, oh geez, I'm going so slow, I'm sorry. Although I, uh, I do videography for my job and I uh, am starting up a social media and digital marketing agency and that would be kind of a good step like work-wise for me to go there but I know that something tells me I need to stay here for a little bit longer so 
uh, I think you need to take, take a steps of faith in your story. So now that you know my story, let me tell you a few things that I wish I would have done differently. I'm sure there's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently. Um, I guess I'm going to title this time because I had a lot of issues with time and time management. I did uh, Boy Scouts. I'm still in Boy Scouts. I'm about to get my Eagle Scout. Um, I was in ASB. I was four years varsity, or not four years varsity, three years varsity, one year JV. Uh, cross country and four years varsity tennis. Um, I had a job. Uh, I'm starting my own business. I just had a lot going on. I don't say these things to be like, oh my gosh, look what I do. I do so much because that's not the reality. The, the reality is I'm saying these things because I struggle with time and those things took up so much time. And I didn't set aside time for God like I needed to. The one thing I wish I would have done is set aside time for God. That's the one thing I wish I would have done. Uh, we give so much time to many other things. We give time to sports, hobbies, girlfriends, boyfriends, all these different things. Sleep. I know people that sleep until like 1 p.m. What the heck? My gosh. Anyways, when you do that and you don't give time to God, you're basically giving God your leftovers. God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants all of you. Let me tell you that. If I would have started off with 10 minutes a day, 10 lousy minutes a day of reading my Bible, praying, listening, if I would have started off with 10 minutes a day, do you know how much closer I'd be with God right now and how much more faith I would have? I would have so much more faith right now, and that's something I struggle with. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This means that when we read the Bible, we gain faith if we actually understand it. That's because the Bible is the one book in the whole world that speaks to us. We don't just read it, it speaks to us. And I have proof of that right now I'm going to talk about. Johnny knows it because I was with Johnny. Um, Corey was talking about how you need to give money for God uh, to trust you with money. And I spent a lot of my time be, uh, learning how to become like a multimillionaire because that's what I want to do. I want to have a lot of money so I can give. And I was like, Johnny, I don't agree with this. I do not agree with Pastor Corey. This is, fa this is false. This is, this is fake news. Anyways, um, anyways. Anyways, so uh, I was like, no, I don't, I don't believe that. And Johnny looked it up, and he was like, wow, Caleb, look, it says that 95% of millionaires give 9% or more of their money. And I was like, what about the 5%, Johnny? You don't have to give money to become a millionaire. You don't have to give money to become a millionaire. And that was just, this was at camp. And the next day, we were still talking about it, and I go to pick up my Bible, not having internet connection because I didn't have, like, mobile data at the time. And I open up my Bible, and the first thing I see, the first thing I, I see out of the whole Bible, let me read it. it. It says, sorry, I'm looking for it. Uh, Proverbs 11, 25 through 27, which reads, The generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. The people who will curse him who withholds grain, but a blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. That is insane. That is insane. Out of the whole Bible, for me to just, whoop, there it is. Right when we're talking about it, that's insane. Um, so like I said, if we know a way to build our faith, why don't we take action? Why do we not do this? This is so important. We need to take action. Is it because we're too busy sometimes? Because that's why I didn't do it, because I was too busy. But let me tell you something. When I told you that my biggest enemy basically was time, I was lying to you. My biggest enemy is myself, telling myself I didn't have time. I have time. We have 24 hours in a day. I can go to sleep 10 minutes later, wake up 10 minutes earlier. It's 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. That's a lie. The biggest enemy was myself telling myself I didn't have time. Thanks, guy. 
the, re the reason we're on this earth is to have a relationship with God and to spread the word. And uh, we see this in Luke 10, 27, which says, We are told to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And in Matthew 28, 16 to, 16 to 20, which says that Jesus came to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. Happy ever, happily ever after. Which tells us what? To spread the word. How can you spread the word if you don't know the word, people? How? I can't. It's like me going to a calculus class trying to teach calculus when the highest math I've taken is pre-algebra. It's not possible. You can't do it. Um, so uh, if I can't even take 10 minutes out of my day to build my relationship with God, I need to rethink what I'm taking my time on. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. 6 seconds in a minute. 600 seconds in 10 minutes. 86,400 seconds in a day. 10 minutes in a day results in what? I'm not a math whiz. I did the calculations. 0.694% of your day. I'm a roundup for you. 0.7. 0.7% of your day is 10 minutes. Was I seriously telling myself I couldn't spend seven, sorry, 0 0.7, 0 0.7% of my day on God? That is once again fake news. <laughs> I'm too tired. I'm too tired. I just ran 10 miles and I have homework. Boy. Too tired. We need to read our Bible and pray. And if we start off with 10 minutes a day, that's okay. But I'm not a rapper. Hey, back to that rap battle. Where's Devontae next week? <laughs> uh, if we want to have a good relationship with God, <laughs> be ready, be ready. If we want to have a good relationship with God, we need to have strong faith. And why do we need faith? We need to have faith so when things happen, we're ready to fight. Because guess what? Things will happen. And I promise you that. And I've experienced that. And I didn't have faith. So it kind of overtook me. And um, thankfully, I gave my life to Christ at a young age, so the devil cannot hurt me unless God allows him to. But he can't tempt me, and he can't succeed, and he did succeed because I didn't have faith, which is why we need faith, which is why we need to write, read the Bible, and it's like a big circle. So um, I'm going to tell a little story. It's kind of a funny story what happened the other day. Uh, yeah, I'm not really proud of it. But uh, no? Okay. Should I not tell it? I'm going to tell it fast. I'm going to tell it fast. Okay. So I thought it was really funny to um, do, like, recreate one of those videos where, you know, like, you like get out of the car and then like you pretend to steal the food through the drive-through. Like, okay, let me explain, let me explain. I wasn't stealing food, we, we paid for the food. So I got out of the car, I got out of the car and I was like, Kenneth, Kenneth, pay for the food, get your money back. When she hands you the bag, I'm gonna pretend to steal it and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, it's okay. And then he's gonna drive away and I'm gonna go on the roof of the car and we're gonna be like, we're drive away. See, it's, it, it's, it all works out, right? It all works out perfectly. Anyways, so I get out of the car and I'm like, I mean, I'm not slow, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty fast, right? You saying, no, no, that's Devontae. Devontae's, oh, 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 sorry. Anyways, anyways, I'm ready, right? I'm like, I'm like a ninja. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get this. She can't see me. She puts out the bag and it, it all happens so fast. I just try to, grab the try, try to grab the bag and all I see is like, boom. And she puts the bag right inside the window. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. First off, first off, this lady's a ninja. Second off, how is she so awake at 3 a.m.? I do not understand. She must have had like four energy drinks. But anyways, I say this story because she reminds me of a person with faith. She was ready for attack, and she didn't let it happen. She did not let it happen. 
Hey, I, I gotta preach it, white boy. You see that? Oh, there's a video. Show the video. Show the video. Uh, what you can't see is me running at the end because I just kind of just booked it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who is that? Thank you. You should turn the volume down, probably. <laughs> anyways, anyways. She broke my ankles. She broke my ankles. Anyways. Uh, I look kind of dumb, so I kind of just ran. Anyways, we need to be ready for attack, just like she was ready for attack. Third John one two or three John one two says that, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And when the devil comes to tempt us, that First Corinthians ten thirteen says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. That doesn't mean you won't be tempted. That means you won't be tempted up beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. A way of escape. So we can endure it. And we know these things are true if we have faith and, we that, and that we know that these things will happen and that we can like overtake these things when, when they happen. And I came here to let you know that we need to be ready. We, just, we don't want to be ready. We need to be ready. Because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made. So you need to be ready. Because if we're ready, David can't, he can't phase us. He literally just can't phase us. And that's, I promise you that. I promise you that. Um, next, I want to take a minute to talk about forgiveness. Uh, I know this message is all over the place, and I'm sorry about that. But forgiveness has been kind of a big part of my life um, because, of my, because of my father. So, um, one second. Yeah, so it's been hard for me to forgive my father even when he doesn't, like, ask to be forgiven, basically. Um, but... This verse, Matthew 6, 14 through 15, is very powerful. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's nice. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow, can I say that one more time? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Does this mean that for the years I didn't forgive my Father, I wasn't forgiving my sins? Ooh, that's scary. That is scary. It is not too late to forgive. I, in my heart, when I forgave my father, I forgave my father for missing all my cross-country races, all my tennis matches, just for not being there, for missing all my award ceremonies, etc. Um, and it was hard, but it was worth it. Uh, now that I know, I don't have to worry about that, and that it's just kind of just like I can help with that relationship again. Um, so like I said, it is hard, yes, but is it worth it? Most definitely. Uh, one last thing before I finish is mentors. Mentors have literally made, who I, made me who I am today. Uh, I have a few mentors, Johnny and Marty. What's up, Marty? I love you, bro. Where, where you at? Anyways. Oh, there he is. Anyways, I just started talking to Johnny uh, about marriage and stuff because the two biggest fears I have in life are that my marriage won't end divorce and that I won't be a good father. Those are the two greatest fears I have in my life because those things have happened to me. And I don't want those things to happen to my children and to my family and to me um, again. So find a mentor. Find somebody that is living the way you want to live. Please find somebody like that that you trust that can mentor you. Because they have helped me so much and they are going to help me so much. I just started talking to Johnny about marriage and everything because I respect his marriage. I think he has a great marriage. Um, yeah, Johnny and Sky, you guys are awesome. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. So just because we... Just because sometimes we can't learn things from our family doesn't mean we can't learn things at all. And that's something I just recently realized. Um, you can start one of those relationships tonight. So many leaders that are here right now 
They're here just for you. They're literally just here for you. They want you to grow in faith. They want you to grow with God. They want you to grow as a person. And that's why they're here. So if, I guarantee you, if you ask one of them, hey, I trust you. Can you mentor me? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? They, they won't say no. They, they most likely won't say no. Unless there's something going on in their head. I don't know. They, they, won't, they won't say no. Just trust me. Um, uh, let me tell you that I'm going to have a good marriage. I'm going to be a good father. Let me tell you that just because... Not saying you did, but if you did, just because you grew up in a broken home or maybe in a home with alcoholics or maybe a home with a chain of divorce, addiction, you don't have to continue that chain. I promise you, you are set apart with God. You are set apart. You are a new creation, and those things will not come to you. I promise you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 solidifies that one. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are, or so all things are become new. Thank you. Lastly, um, I ran out of time, so I just want to say, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You all are worth it. I promise you, you are worth it. Um, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. Anxiety, fear, lack of faith, lust, depression, it doesn't matter. God is greater than those things, and I promise you that. I was depressed last year um, for a little bit of time. I honestly don't even know why. I was just walking around school like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not like that. And you're not like that either. I promise you that you should not let these things overtake you because they, they won't. If you have faith and you have God with you, they won't overtake you. I don't know how they overtook me, but they won't overtake you. I promise you. Please, please do not make the same mistakes I made. If you follow God, I got another one. Thanks. If you follow God with 100% of your life, I promise you will have an adventurous life. You have an unimaginable life that you could not even think of. And I, I, literally, I literally guarantee you that, like, promise. That is my pinky promise to you that you will have an amazing life. I, I, I can't even say anything else. This, that's it. So this is my story so far. And uh, trust me when I say that your story is so important. And even when I was writing out my story um, a few days ago, I was like, you know what? My story is not that good. My story is like adequate at best. It's mediocre. Maybe I said that wrong. I don't know. Anyways, uh, if, if, this, if this message even, even touched one person tonight, it was all worth it. And I tell you that your story can affect people. Everybody has different stories, and your story can affect people, and I promise you that. Um, so thank you so much for allowing me to share my story with you all tonight. Let me pray for you guys. All right, let me pray for you guys real quick. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing me to be here and share my story, Lord, with everybody. Uh, please pray that we just have an amazing night tonight and that you help other people realize how strong and powerful the story actually is, Lord, and that you just, you just help them, Lord, write their story. And you don't let them write their story by themselves, but they just give up their story to you, Lord, because when you write their story, it's just so much greater. There's just so much greater. We thank you for being here with us tonight. We thank you for keeping us safe and for having a great night tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give it up for Caleb one more time, sharing his story? tonight if the band can head up just help me sound a little bit more spiritual um i just i can't move past this moment without repeating a few things that that caleb said number one if you are from a divorced family that's not going to be you in jesus name if your parents have gotten divorced and they're not together anymore that's not going to be you young men you don't have to have had a good father to be a good father I did not have a good father, 
My father left me when I was seven years old and I never saw him again. I found out by the eighth grade that my dad, he raped a woman and ended up in prison. When you're in prison, you're told where your kids are so that you can write them. And he never wrote me once, but I'm not gonna be that father. My dad and my mom were never even married. They were never even married. And then my stepdad and my mom talked about divorce at least two or three times a year. Times where my mom would sleep on the couch because they were ending, all, they were ending their marriage, it's over. But that's not gonna be me and it's not gonna be you in Jesus' name. I'm telling you that right now. But can I also tell you that you need to forgive. The first steps towards you being forgiven is you forgiving. I had to forgive my father. Caleb had to forgive his father. You have to forgive your father. You have to forgive your mother. You have to forgive that guy who took advantage of you. You have to forgive that girl who broke your heart. You have to forgive those friends who stabbed you in the back. You have to forgive. If you want forgiveness, you have to extend forgiveness. But can I tell you tonight, before we move any further, that God's forgiveness is extended to you tonight. Whatever your story looks like up to this point, maybe you're, maybe you're five chapters deep and all five of those chapters are horrible chapters. Maybe all five of those chapters are filled with mistakes. They're filled with regret. Can I tell you tonight that you could start a new chapter this evening. You can start a new chapter right now. This can be your moment where you receive forgiveness. And then in just a moment, we're going to pray that you too would forgive. But tonight can be your night where you receive forgiveness, where you take the pen of your life and you say, God, I don't want to write my story anymore. I want you to write my story. Tonight you heard from two young men. Sam, how old are you? 18 years old? September 8th. What size shoe are you? Never mind, never mind. Tell them later. 17, 17 years old. Caleb is 17 years old. Can I just tell you really quick that when Caleb just said that God will write a better story with your life than you could even imagine, he means it. Before he was even 18 years old, he ended up on the other side of the world with me spreading the gospel to orphans, to widows, to people who don't have homes. I promise you that if you give the pen of your life to God, he will write a story with it that you could not believe. It doesn't mean that it's going to... It's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. No, it's going to be tough. It will. But it will be worth it. Tonight can be your night where you say, God, here's the pen of my life. You write the story. Can, tonight can be the new chapter where you accept forgiveness. So all over this place, with head bowed, with eyes closed, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to that forgiveness tonight. With nobody looking around, nobody with their eyes up. In this moment, we're in a public setting, but this is a private moment. If tonight you would say, man, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to take the pen of my life and I want to hand it over to God. Nobody's looking around. It's just me. I'm the only one looking right now. If you're in this place and you would say, I want to give my life to God. I want him to write my story. I'm going to invite you to respond in just a moment. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand because I believe that when we respond outwardly to what God's doing on the inside, that it will solidify it in our lives and in our souls. So if that's you, when I get to three, you raise your hand. One, tonight's your night. Two, don't hesitate. Three, right now, all over this place, if that's you, man, hands are going up everywhere. Anybody else, you want to give the pen of your life over to God. You're done trying to write this story on your own. You're done holding on to that unforgiveness. You're done trying to figure out life all by yourself, and you want to say, God, tonight, I want to follow you. I want to pursue you. I want you to write my story. If that's you tonight, all over this place, would you just raise your hand right now? Anybody else? 
Anybody else? Amazing. You can put your hands down. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do right now. Because we're a family, we're going to say it together as a family. Would you just repeat these words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, but you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you my story, I give you everything, and I will follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, everybody said, can we welcome people into our family right now?